You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and co-owner of Sacred Chill West. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. Be sure to listen to the end of today's episode to find out how you can join the next virtual meditation class for free. Happy December, you guys. We have made it to the last month of 2020. And I know, like me, you are so ready for this year to transition. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about two really special live virtual meditation events I have planned in this transition from 2020 to 2021. The first is Monday, December 21st, the winter solstice. If you've been listening for a while, you know this is my favorite time of year to teach an extra special meditation. Aside from the two winters that my children were born, I have taught every winter solstice for a decade. I love this transition. So on Monday, December 21st, my normal Monday night meditation class is going to transform into a 90-minute winter solstice meditation celebration and ritual, almost like a mini retreat. I'm really looking forward to sharing this. Now, I know not all of you are in the same time zone as me, of course. You're welcome to join in live. You also can get the recording if you want to watch it in a time that fits with your uh, sleep and wake schedule a little bit better. The other event I have coming up is on Friday, January 1st, New Year's Day. I am going to be hosting my very first live virtual meditation retreat. I am super excited about this, you guys. And it's small, okay? It's a mini retreat. We're doing two and a half hours. I know you don't want to be on Zoom longer than that. But I think that it will be an extra important time to come together in community, even virtual community, to feel that sense of being in a circle with others, to bolster your meditation practice. And more than anything, what we're doing in both of these events is giving ourselves the time and the space to acknowledge and release what has happened in 2020 and to intentionally create some space and some light around what we'd like to see in 2021. This is really, really powerful work, and it's what our meditation practice is for. It's to help us move through transitions in an intentional way. So after this episode, hop on over to the show notes, scroll to the bottom. You will see the link for both events. Click on them, check them out. There should be a little donation option. So if money is an issue this year, like it is for so many of us, there is a donation-only option. Give a little tiny bit. Come join. Don't let money be what stops you from practicing in community. I love you guys. Thank you for being a listener this year. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and I hope I get to see you on the 21st or the 1st. So welcome. 
Happy Monday. I'm happy to see all of you as always. And as I was saying just before we started recording, this is the first class in our December meditation series. And the classes this month are all building towards the winter solstice on December 21st. So all of this is sort of guiding us into and through this period of transition that December is, right? So December, if we look at it as this last month of the year, this month to sort of wrap up 2020 and welcome in 2021, we're in this place of making a transition. And as I, you know, I know you guys know because you're my students, but I love teaching the winter solstice. And I realized as I was creating this year's event, I realized that aside from the two winters that my children were born, I have taught every winter solstice for a decade, which I think is so awesome. And I hope I teach them for another decade because it's just the best day. So every year as I sort of step into the space of what am I going to teach and what do I want to focus on on the solstice, I try to revisit texts that I've read and find new text and new stories, ancient traditions, cultural ritual. Like what can I find that supports the history of this transition? And as I was rereading the sort of the origination story of the solstice, it landed so potently for me this year. And I'm curious if it does for you as well. So, you know, really what happens in December is there's a chunk of time around the 21st. And it's usually for a period of like five or six days when it appears like the sun has stopped moving. So the sun doesn't look like it is moving further in the sky, and obviously it's not getting as high. So we have longer dark days, colder days. And you can imagine in ancient times, it appears like the sun has stopped moving, and that's scary because there was no idea of, will the sun start to move again? Will this moment change, or are we just stuck here forever in this cold, dark day? And as I'm reading that and imagining what that fear must have felt like, doesn't it a little bit land home for you the way 2020 has felt? Like how many months have we been like, is it going to end? Will things be different? Will they feel different? Is there hope? And so I think as we spend this month of December, moving towards 2021, I really want to pay attention to the ancient tools and rituals and practices that helped call in the light. Because that's what these ancient cultures did, right? They didn't know if the sun was going to move again. And so they celebrated and praised the sun. They lit fires. They called in the light. They did all of these little things that they felt like maybe possibly could help that sun start to move again. And that's what we're going to do too. So that as we move into the transition, as we move into this period where the sun stops moving and then starts moving again, we are totally awake 
or intentional and purposeful as that light starts to move, as things shift. So the very first tool that we are going to call in, metaphorically, is the most ancient tool of all, the knife. You know, my son started kindergarten this year, and on on the morning of his first day of kindergarten, my partner and I gave him his first pocket knife which maybe seems strange, but we did it for two reasons. The first reason was incredibly literal, right? Like we really mindfully intended to spend this first year of kindergarten exploring nature and spend, you know, we already do quite a bit of hiking and camping, but we really wanted to sort of bolster that in his life. So this was a piece of that, like we're going out into the woods. But more symbolically, This knife is such an important tool in a moment of transition and starting school is a transition, much like ending a year is a transition. So what a knife offers us is the ability to carve out a life for ourselves, the ability to cut away what no longer serves us and to carve out a new beginning. It offers us the ability to cut through what's obscure so that we can see into the center of things. And most importantly, I think it offers us the ability to learn in new ways. And this is what I really want to think about tonight, learning in new ways. Because when we are asleep, when our hearts are asleep, when our minds are asleep, when we are sleepwalking through our lives, we are almost adverse to learning. We don't want to learn when we're asleep because what learning does is it asks us to be willing to change. And you don't want to change when you're asleep, right? You just want to keep sleepwalking through. And so anything that feels jarring or different or demanding in action is not invited in. So when we're sleepwalking, we don't want to learn. When we're awake, when we're intentional and mindful and participating in the course of our lives, this is when we're suddenly open to learning. And we start to practice this in so many different ways, right? First, just by simply calling in this willingness to be awake, this willingness to be changed by what we learn, and perhaps to try imagining things in a new way. So you find yourself on these the precipice of transition, and when we're asleep, the phrase that comes out is, God, I hope things go back to the way they were. Right? That's what we hope. That's what we say because we're not awake. We can't handle anything new. We can't imagine anything new. When we're awake, we view that wide open expanse ahead of us and we picture exactly what we want to see there with courage, right? There's not any holding back or maybes or shoulds. It's with pure, brave heart that we're able to say, this is what's coming next. 
And it doesn't mean that we can see into the future. It doesn't mean that we can make it exactly so. But it does mean that we can place our intention there. We can create paths for where we think we would like to go. And then slowly, we whittle away what isn't working. We cut through vines and blocked paths to get where we need to go. All the while with this willingness to learn new ways. And we have, if you think about it for a minute, can you even believe the number of new ways you have learned to live your life this year? We've learned to navigate going out in public in masks and navigate lives without hugs or handshakes. We've carved out new spaces to work from home or school from home and live from home. We're relearning how to celebrate birthdays and holidays and we're relearning how to grieve and acknowledge losses. And I mean, we're relearning all of the most basic things that we have done every year of our lives to date, right? This is being awake. And so when we call in this first ancient tool, when we call this knife in metaphorically into our practice, what we're saying is, let me be awake. Let me use discernment to clear away what's not working and to carve out the path I need to move forward. Yeah. So we're going to practice tonight. And we're going to practice in a way that really calls in this metaphorical knife. And then what we do once it's here is we listen. I know you're so surprised by that. We listen. And we notice what's coming up because I'm willing to bet you've noticed in your meditations Sometimes we feel like we're right in that space between like mm, daydreaming and being awake or imagining and being awake or being asleep. And those imaginings, those daydreams, often there's something for us to pay attention to there. Often there's a theme or a word, an image, an idea and it's really the, the heart of your practice that day. And if we, have the, if we have that sharpness of the knife with us, we're able to discern. And if we're asleep, then we just sort of brush it off as a daydream and we forget about it before we even catch the medicine. So let's take a minute to find our practice. If you've already been seated cross-legged, uncross your legs, cross them the other way. Let your hands rest down onto your lap. Let your palms face down. When you're ready, you might let your eyes drift closed. And if you prefer, you can always take a soft gaze down towards the earth. And together as a group here, deep inhale in. Exhale out a sigh.
And we'll just do that once more. So you'll inhale deeply. Exhale out a sigh. Allowing your breath just to flow. And taking a moment to honor this first transition. As you land right into your practice. And over these first few breaths, you might want to acknowledge what's going on around you. How has your day been? Are there people? Are there noises? Are there pets in your space? Is there silence? Just taking time to fully acknowledge where you are and how you're feeling. When you're ready, you'll silently say to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And with your intentions stated, allow yourself to truly sit down. Letting go of the hips and the thighs. Feeling the full weight of your body just settle into the cushion beneath you. And you'll sense a bit of length in your spine. Crown of the head reaching up and back. And the muscles through the face relax. And the forehead smoothing out and broadening. The skin around the eyes softens. Relaxing through the mouth. Through the sides of the neck. the way out across your shoulders.
And perhaps you'll notice the way the chest rises and falls as you breathe. And you'll notice the way your belly expands and contracts. Every inhale, your belly just gently expands. And every exhale, your belly lightly contracts. Feel slowly your breath just smoothing itself out. You're not forcing. But over time, you're feeling your inhale and your exhale the same length. Any hitches or breaks in your breath are being smoothed out. And gradually here, start to follow a path with your breath. Feeling your breath move in through the nose and down to your heart. And then from your heart, you're exhaling out and up to the nose. Inhaling through the nose and down to the center of the heart. And exhaling from the heart out the center of the chest and up to the nose. Tracing a circle with your breath. Inhaling from the nose down to the heart. And exhaling from the heart out and up to the nose. Take your time with this breath. Following and feeling every rotation of that circle.
and eventually this circle breath enlivens and awakens the cave of the heart. The very center of the chest. known as the cave of the heart. This is where we store all the tools that we need to follow our paths. And in this cave is your knife. Your tool of discernment. Your tool for cutting away what's no longer needed. And for clearing the path ahead of you. You might see this knife, or perhaps you'll simply feel it or sense it. Maybe you notice texture or weight or materials. Maybe you notice how it makes you feel. And as you acknowledge this tool that you have, You'll let yourself settle into these last few minutes of silence. Simply breathing and listening. You can stay with that circle breath if it feels right. You can breathe naturally if it feels right. Just noticing what stories and daydreams come up for you as we sit in the cave of the heart.
in a moment and we'll get ready to leave our practice. First noting exactly where your mind was, what story, what thought, what words were being used. If it feels right, you might take a moment to simply honor that space that we visited today, the cave of the heart. You might acknowledge the tool that resides there, the knife. Trusting that it'll be there for you anytime you need. As you feel ready, you'll let your breath grow deeper. Deeper inhales in, deeper exhale out. Gradually wiggling into fingers and toes, connecting out into the edges of your body. When you feel ready, your palms will come together in front of you. Rub your hands together. Rub to build some heat and some friction between your palms. And when they're nice and warm, hands on the heart tonight. So one right on top of the other, center of the chest. Taking a moment just to feel that heat from your palms penetrating all the way through right to the center of the chest. Eventually, Letting the hands fall away and the eyes blink open. As you feel your practice coming to an end, I encourage you, as I always do, to journal afterwards. And in this particular journaling session, of course, write down anything that came up for you, but also perhaps explore a bit around what needs to be reimagined in your life? What needs to be refitted or trimmed? What needs to be learned in a new way? Thank you guys for practicing this evening. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, consider joining me for the recording of this podcast every Monday night during my live virtual meditation class. If you tune in for the live class, you get the bonus content that isn't included in the podcast episodes. There's always time for Q&A, and there's always the chance to connect with me personally. I would love to see your faces, and better yet, If you leave me a review of this podcast, screenshot it, email it to Meryl at MerylArnett.com, you get your first class with me for free. Email your review to Meryl, M-E-R-Y-L at MerylArnett, M-E-R-Y-L-A-R-N-E-T-T.com. Get your first class for free. You can find out the schedule, how to register, all of that good stuff by going to my website, 
merylarnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.